Hi, everyone. This is the first ever LHS podcast. We're basically just going to introduce the management team. It's going to take us no longer than 10 minutes. I hope you enjoy it. We are all pretty drunk. So be prepared for some slurring. Be prepared for some violence. Be prepared for some swearing. Myself and Linda. Say hi, Linda. Hi. Linda. Hi, Linda. (laughs) There you go. Have been at a conference all day. Didn't we start drinking at 12-ish? 30-ish. Okay, let's have that extra 35 minutes. So essentially, we just want to introduce the management team so you guys know who we are before you join the Hacking Society. So I'm Eliza May Austin. I'm the CEO of a company called That Security Company. We have a bonkers name. It is written in Leet. And if any of you want to find out more about us, you can either Google our key service, which is PocketSeam at pocketseam.co.uk or th4ts3cur1ty.company yes i know it's fucking ridiculous so while we're here while we're drinking while we're crazy while it's dd's birthday happy birthday dd okay what i want to do is seeing as well linda's crazy I want to start with Linda. So introduce yourself and tell me what it was about first hearing about the Hacking Society that made you want to get involved with it. Tell us the story of your involvement with the Hacking Society. Come on. So Eliza and I worked together for Stephen. And Eliza came to me and said she wanted to set up the Hacking Society. So I was like, yeah, amazing. And- oh, well, can I stop you there? Can I just introduce everyone to the to the hierarchy here? So... Initially, at an MSSP, Linda was my boss. I was in the SOC and Linda was the manager and Stephen was her boss. And Linda was amazing and took no shit. And, you know, I was crazy. And Stephen sent me on sensitivity training, which is hilarious. And I never ended up going. But anyway, Linda, carry on, Linda. Sorry I interrupted you. So Eliza came to me and said, I want to set up this shit because I go to any fucking infosec shit and basically there's like one woman to a hundred men yeah and this is absolute bullshit i'm really pleased to say we went to the information security cyber security in europe 2019 event today and actually there was probably 30 percent of women there Oh, the future of cybersecurity. Yes. Yes. And there was, yes. And that was amazing. 30% of women. I've never been to a cybersecurity event where there's been so many women. It was amazing because they actually provided LHS with free tickets. So that was awesome. And that I think that was a big contributing factor. And uh, the fact that they did that is showing that there's a change in the mentality of cybersecurity and the fact that cybersecurity wants more women. Now, that's not neither here nor there. The, the neither here nor there is the fact that in IT in general, 20, 30 years ago, it was the same as it is now. It was like 7% of women. It's now changed. It's now changed to being, I would say, in industry, 30, 40% of women are in IT compared to men. But now, if you look in cybersecurity, it still remains at a very low of 7%. Excellent. So this is this is a really key thing, and I hope that we touch on this throughout the series. As for right now, I just want to, you've just touched on something really amazing, and I want to thank Marcus Benson for providing us with those free tickets today. So thanks, Linda. So Stephen, what was it about when I first got talking to you about the Hacking Society? What was it that really solidified the reason that you want to be involved with it, and how did you get involved with it? Tell the story. So... 
you came to me when we were working together at some uh, MSSP to talk to me about this idea that you'd had. And I thought it was, frankly, I thought it was a really brilliant idea. At that particular organization, I know we both struggled to get the organization to buy into the concept. The reason was the word hacking was offensive. Sorry, Stephen, carry on. But no, that's true. It was. We had an uphill battle there. But I was a, a supporter of the concept because in the end, we need cognitive diversity in cyber. And one of the easiest ways to get cognitive diversity is to address very obvious imbalances. And gender imbalance in cyber is huge still. It outweighs the gender imbalance in IT in general still. And it kind of feels like cyber is sort of 10 years behind the rest of IT in this respect. So when you came to me saying you wanted to not only support a drive to help women that want to get into cyber, but you actually wanted to focus on helping women develop technical skills. I thought this was absolutely brilliant because I know from having created and run the the SOC at the MSSP, the women that we employed were brilliant. Some of them stayed, some of them came, put some great things together and then moved on to other places. But it was really obvious to me that women should not be simply categorized as doing GRC stuff. There are women who are very technical and are very good in this space. So I supported you because I could see that um, this was a really important way in which we could improve the quality of the services that we were delivering at that MSSP. Now, that then translates into we can take this further uh, throughout the industry. It doesn't just have to be an MSSP. It can be within an organization. It can be you know whatever particular aspects of cyber is important to the women that want to be in there. But we need to be supporting them because it's you know, right now, we are not, we're not at the place we need to be. Fantastic. That's such an all-encompassing answer. Thank you very much for that. So it's a shame we don't have Helen Major here. So she works in comms and she's doing a master's right now in counterterrorism. And she was one of the founding members, but um, she ended up taking a bit of a sabbatical until maybe sometime next year because she's got studies and work. Um, it's also a shame that we don't have Kate Brett Goldman here as well. So Kate is, again, someone that's been heavily involved from the beginning, but she's the CEO of Cybermaniacs and she has since moved back to te- since moved to Texas with her family. So although she's still involved, we don't see her as much as we'd love to. So she's unfortunately not here today. However, due to those two departures of those amazing women that are both still in- incredibly inspiring and still incredibly involved with LHS, um, we we now have a new member of the team, Dida Galecki, who, who we sometimes refer to as DD just because it's easier. <laughs> and uh, she never can get my name wrong. I always get DD's name wrong, and you don't mind being called DD, do you? It's a really cute name. So, how do you pronounce your name? Didar. So, Didar, <laughs> tell us how you first got involved with LHS. I first saw you at another talk. And you mentioned LLHS. So I was at a point that I've been doing 12 years of GRC. And just as (laughs) Stephen was saying, I always wanted to be more technical, but I didn't get the chance on the job because it was governance risk compliance. It was more more the qualitative stuff. Then I went to the first event. I loved it. It was free learning and technical stuff, hands-on, and I understood it. Even though it was challenging, I understood it. 
And the next morning I was buzzing with this energy. I like, I loved it so much. I went to the next event and the next morning I was again buzzing and then I kept going. And then you guys approached me and asked me if I could, if I would like to be in the management team. And I was, I was over the clouds. <laughs> well, we definitely saw that you attended a number of events and you were super engaged with what we were doing. So it was just a natural progression number from our ten. perspective. <laughs> well, so thank you for that, Didi. Um, I'd be really keen to get your perspective on your experience with managing a chapter at LHS. So at the moment, we've got Tash Hales, who heads up the Norwich chapter. She's doing amazingly well, and that's been really well received. We've also got Sheffield opening up and Newcastle opening up. And we're talking to a CISO at the moment who's interested in opening up a Northwest chapter. And just like for people like that or anyone that's interested in sort of managing a team with LHS, what has been your experience, like positive and negative, like be totally honest, since you started with the team? So the positive side is that I can use all my people skills and organizational skills. And the negative side is that we all have our day jobs. So sometimes we do get disorganized, but Slack is quite good at that. And we keep, keep communicating over the Slack channel we have and try to keep ourselves organized. Okay, great. So I find that something in there as well is it kind of puts people on the map as being someone that's heavily engaged in the industry. So I did find that quite a few women came to me that were involved with LHS um, as attendees. Putting that on their CV to them made a difference and to the people that were employing them, that that showed um, engagement and passion within the industry. So Definitely. that's, yeah. Definitely. I have networked with so many people and I learned about other events via LLHS and I've been attending them why LLHS and as being a member of LLHS is much better. I think uh, something else that absolutely blows me away is that we've had uh, women that have joined LLHS that wanted to get into cyber mm. and have been struggling yeah. previously mm. to get into cyber. But we have got a really good number of women who've landed their first job through the training that's been provided and through probably more through the support that they've had and the encouragement that they've had and the opportunity that they've had to see other women who have been successful technically in cyber that gives them just that courage to go and apply for their first job. And I'm not surprised that they land jobs, but they often are. So I, I think you know, what you were intending to do, Eliza, is really cool. And I think it has really worked. So it's made a big difference in the industry. So I can't help but be me. So, I mean, that goes down like a shit sandwich for some people and other people, you know, they think that's great. Um, so what I mean by that is I talk how I talk. I have the accent I, I have and I say the things I say and I believe the things I believe and I will just say them regardless of um, the response that that gets. And I have had some really negative feedback on that industry-wise, but from LHS, I've had like unanimous positive feedback around authenticity and how authenticity inspires people to move forward. And I don't always understand that, but I know you touched on this previously, like in a conversation we had personally, Dida. So um, what's your interpretation of authenticity and how that inspires you to move forward in your personal life? You are so much yourself that inspired me to be just myself 
And all the members at LLHS, when they come in, they sense it and they just, they don't need to pretend. They just be themselves. We all ask the simplest questions and it's just, and that has helped me because at the interviews, I realized if I can't be myself, I don't want this job. And I found this job that I'm at currently and I'm still myself and every day I'm just myself at, at the job and it's probably the first time that has ever happened. Well, that's genuinely amazing. I honestly think that that's a problem with with the information security industry in general, that um, there's a lot of people that are like showboating, a lot of people that represent the industry, that represent women in the industry, and it, it's all self-promotion and it's all very much look at me and actually what ricochets throughout the industry is isn't positive so i'm genuinely flattered by that and the hacking society needs to be predicated upon honesty and transparency and authenticity so that's that's amazing and speaking of transparency and authenticity and we have annabelle berry here as well as well who we just you know happen to be hanging out with today why not let's have her in for a bit of a conversation so Annabelle Berry is the CEO of Sapphire. Um, if you are in the security space, I'm sure you've heard of them. They are the um, founders of the NISC conference. And also Annabelle is, has kindly agreed for the past year to be our board advisor. So that basically means if we're straying in a direction that isn't really suitable for the security industry, Annabelle will be in the background maybe whipping us into shape. So she attends a lot of our events and whispers in the ear of the management team, don't you, Annabelle? So how did you get involved with LHS and what inspired you to get involved with LHS? So we were obviously introduced by a mutual contact of ours in the security industry. Yes. And I didn't know anything about the society at all when the introduction was made. And it was meeting you, really, and you talking about what you were doing, the work that you were doing around the society. And it was a complete eye-opener for me. One, I was completely inspired by the work you were doing. I hadn't come across anything like it before. And I've seen lots of different initiatives about trying to get women into security but nothing quite like what you do, the Ladies of London Hacking Society. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because we're technical-based rather than soft skills-based? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's lots of talk about getting people from a compliance perspective, from a GRC, about almost dampening down a lot of talk about soft skills always, you Mm. know. And it was really interesting to hear the perspective that you were coming from, which was not only getting people who were already in the industry along to the meetings, but also people who were inspired to be and wanted to learn more and actually, that it was very technical. It was very hands-on. And it was really refreshing to hear that. And I think, again, you know, going back to what we said earlier about in terms of authenticity and honesty, that really came across in spades when we met. Um, and it was something that I really wanted to be involved in. And I really wanted to put my support behind, not only to try and see if we could perhaps replicate what you were doing in London and perhaps other areas of the mm. UK. Obviously, we um, Safra is lucky enough to have offices all over the UK in Scotland and the Northeast. And I think lots of areas are crying out for similar things, uh, similar initiatives. And I see that you're making a real difference. And that's something I want to be a part of. And also, I think from the other perspective for me, you opened my eyes up to a lot of challenges that I wasn't aware of in the industry. I think, for example, women who are coming into the industry who were not having a leaving quite quickly. The retention rates are quite poor for women, aren't they? And I, I, I was not aware of that at all. And I think that's something really important. So I try and talk about that a lot now. So uh, we, we get asked a lot to talk yeah, on we panels do. about yeah. uh, how do we attract more people into the industry. But I think it's equally important to be talking 
to organizations about retention and how they need to change their cultures and the environments to make sure that we are encouraging but retaining as much talent as we possibly can. Because ultimately, you know, the businesses that do that and they do that well are, you know, head and shoulders in terms of uh, productivity and, and just output and success, you know, that's really coming through. So for me, it's a real, it's a business issue as much as anything else. Absolutely. And it's a diversity issue. And so both of those things kind of speak to the stuff that I'm passionate about. And, and I think, you know, the other initiatives that you're involved in, and just in terms of giving back, there's just not enough of that in the community. There's lots of talk self-talk about it. people talk about themselves a lot yeah. and a lot of people out for their own agenda and pushing their own agenda forward and you know I didn't get that at all when I, when I met you and and so I'm, I'm really happy to put my support behind it. Great well thank you for that that's amazing and we're really lucky to have you on board. So what I want to do just to finish up is I do want to give everyone in the room the opportunity to just speak about what their company does because I don't want to underestimate the fact that Some companies don't endorse extracurricular activities, and I've been in that position myself. Um, Previously worked at a company, and I wanted to start LHS, and I was banned from doing so. Um, I did it anyway, and I ended up in a huge dispute over that. So I do really value anyone in this room that has managed to have those negotiations internally. So Annabelle, while you're here, what is it that Sapphire do? And just give yourself a, a bit of a plug. Okay, so Sapphire is an organization. We have two main parts of our business. We have a, a group of specialist consultants who uh, carry out a number of different services around penetration testing and a consultancy around security regulations and things like that. So what we really try and do is consult with organizations to find out where their gaps are, where their risks are, and try and give them the best advice about how to really increase their spend to make the biggest risk reduction for their businesses. Because it's really challenging, Ari. You've got loads of noise coming towards you in the industry. People don't know what to do next, what yeah. to address. And so we really try and come from a consultative, a pragmatic advice perspective uh, to help organizations. And then we also then partner with some leading vendors and deploy their technologies as well where, where it's appropriate. So Yeah, I did notice from NISC this year that you guys have a lot of um, partnerships. So that's awesome. So whatever your need is in cybersecurity, have a look at Sapphire, see if that they can help. So we do really appreciate any company that endorses any of the management team to attend and, and any of the delegates as well. But it is genuinely incredibly important and impressive when a company allows someone to take time out of their day to maybe respond to a couple of messages on behalf of the management team. So Travelex have provided tonight's venue for us to record this podcast. Um, so Dida, you work at Travelex. Can you just tell us a little bit about what they do? Yeah, they are the travel money company, which you see in the airports globally. They also have international money transfer services. And they're part of a wider group called Finabler. And it's really a global money company. Okay, great. That's all encompassing. That's amazing. Thank you very much. So off the back of that, I think it's fair to say there should be a shameless plug for our own organization. Oh, they definitely should. So um, we are that security company, which is spelled in Leet. If you know Leet, you know how to spell it. Otherwise, you can just Google Eliza May Austin or Stephen Ridgway, and hopefully you will find your way to our site. Um, One of our key services is Pocket Seam. It's spelled pocketseam.co.uk. It's not hard. Um, Stephen, do you just want to go into a bit of a brief of what we do with that security and pocket seam? Sure. We are looking to shake up the supplier side of security 
At least a little. I think the two of us have worked on both the supply side and on the consumer side. And we know that the industry is not as honest. And so Stephen, although Stephen's correct 100% and he's going on a tangent about morals, which we definitely have. What he meant to say was, <laughs> what, what he meant to say was, that security company offers three key services, one of which is purple team engagements, which is the penetration testing and incident response of an engagement or in an all-encompassing engagement. I've said engagement too many times, but you get the picture. Secondly, we offer SOC building. So we build security operations centers from greenfield sites or we mature SOCs, whichever suits you best. And the third is Pocket Seam. Pocket Seam is the seam solution aimed specifically at SMEs and low-income companies. Yeah, I mean, we've been looking to address the fact that visibility of security events is expensive for organisations to get. We think that's wrong. We want to do something about that. So we're looking at, and we have created a, a service which is very much entry level. It does what it does, but it does it extremely well. It gives you good visibility of what's going on in your network and what's happening on the key endpoints in Europe. Well, let's face it, that barrier to entry to being secure and having that visibility on a basic level is super expensive. And a lot of SMEs can't afford the big players and seam providers, and we are just plugging the hole in the middle. So, so that's all. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, thank you so much. And we hope you listen to our next podcast. We are going to be talking to Kevin Fielder of Just Eat. And I would encourage you all to get a curry before you listen to it, just to like, you know, support those guys even more because they're fucking awesome. And next week, we will be speaking to Recorded Future, who are specialists in intelligence. So thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye. I just want to say to you guys a little bit of a disclaimer. Anything expressed in any of our podcasts is down to the individual themselves and not their employer, past employer or prospective employer. And if you're offended, holy shit, that's your own problem.